0: And he's going to the, the homes of these three little pigs. And the three little pigs, uh, they, they're going off on their own because that's what pigs do evidently. And eventually they go and they try to, to uh, be successful. So one builds a house out of straw, another one out of sticks, and then another one out of bricks. So the big bad wolf, he loved to eat fat little piggies. And he goes to the, he goes to the first uh, Piggy's house made of straw and he says let me in if you know it sit with me or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. Ah some of you grew up on the same as I did. And then the little piggy he responds he says not by the hair of my. Oh very good. And so he, he blows the house down and he eats the pig. I think maybe there's an updated version to the original. Um, like I said it's a wonder we're not more distorted as we are so he goes to the second pigs house and it's made of sticks and and he says to that pig he says let me in or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in and the little pig said just like his brother he said not by the hair of my chinny chin chin and he blows down his house and he eats that fat little piggy and so he goes to the third piggy's house And he says the whole thing again, let me in or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll house in, yes. And of course the pig said, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. And we know the story, couldn't blow down the brick house. Uh, It was impossible. And so this morning we're going to look at a story about this big bad wolf. And he's entered into this house of a man. He doesn't destroy him, but he wreaks havoc on his life and chaos and destruction in this man's life. And we're also going to see there's going to be some piggies that are going to buy it too before it's all said and done. But this one that we're dealing with here in Mark chapter 5, it's not a nursery rhyme. It's a story about a demon-possessed man. But like the story of the little pig, the big bad wolf is going to meet its match. And that's where we're going to start off this morning. And this is the second of four stories that Mark gives. Last week was Jesus calms the storm. This week, Jesus is going to to cast out these demons. So we start off, let's read verses 1 through 5 together. He says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gergesenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Listen to this. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man is living a miserable existence. He is a social outcast. He is, unlike uh, the other demon possessions that we've seen so far, uh, this one is really bad. This one is extremely bad. We're going to find out why this one seems to be worse than some of the ones that, that we've seen before. But here is this man, and he, he cries out with this pain-chilling uh, screech, and, and he's, he's doing it in a place where the neighbors don't mind. And, and, he, and the, this thing has control of this man, and he causes him to pick up sharp stones and, and to mutilate himself. It's just, it's just a terrible thing. The people, they can't do anything, and they've tried. And isn't it interesting that they have taken these chains, these irons, and they've, they've tried to chain him up, but we see that this man that, that has all these demons in him, it has superhuman strength. It just breaks them. They can't do anything. They, there's nothing they can use that is going to subdue this man. He is like an animal. He acts like an animal and he is being treated like an animal because that is what happens when evil comes into our world. And if we had time, we would develop this whole idea of this animalistic uh, thing that happens as sin enters the world and how human beings can begin to look like animals but i want us to think for a moment the mentally ill people who walk around and they may talk to themselves they may even shout some of them will even hurt themselves maybe hurt others they're just completely out of control and i'm not saying that everyone with mental illnesses has a demon either but neither should we say that it's out of the realm of possibility if we believe in Ephesians 6:12 but Mark's description is of a vicious animal rather than a human being if you were a Jew everything about this narrative would bother you you know it's one of those things it's just like i don't even like going here because it's in a gentile territory unclean to the Jews he's being he's just covered up with these unclean spirits right he's living among the tombs that's a big no-no and we're going to see that he's living out here with these unclean animals that are everywhere as well but this is the situation this is the man's story this is what's happening to him inwardly and there's no control and he feels as if he has no control. So we keep going, and beginning in verse 6 says, And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly to send him out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000. Rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. Jesus breaks through this wall of uncleanliness. We see this over and over again. He comes upon people who are unclean and he's not afraid. And rather than those who are unclean affecting him, Jesus cleanses. He brings restoration to those who had none. When the unclean spirits see the Son of God, they rush to him. This is a little bit different than we see with some of these other demons. This is not an ordinary exorcism. In fact, we see that, that they have the ability of logic. They are going to debate Jesus. They speak through this man. The man had no control over himself. They're speaking through this man. And by demanding Jesus that he takes an oath that he will not torment him. It's ironic, isn't it? Because these creatures had no problems tormenting human beings. But this is what they want. And when he asks them their name, we get at this surprise, don't we? He says, my name is Legion. And this is not really a name, it's a description. Because in that day and time, the Roman army had these legions. And legions were made up of 56,000 foot soldiers and 120 horsemen it doesn't mean necessarily that that's the exact amount of demons that were inside of this man it's kinda more of an estimation we know that there were enough to fill up two thousand pigs we know that and praise God that he releases this man he releases him and that's where the pigs come in which is kinda odd isn't it we talked about why they bargained to go into the pigs in class we won't take that time but but isn't it interesting what happens next because they go into the pigs and the pigs hightail it down the bank and they commit suicide sorry they commit suicide by drowning The destructive power of the sea that almost swallowed up the disciples, the same Sea of Galilee that almost swallowed up their boat, now swallows up these demons that have inhabited these pigs. And the herdsmen who watched this, they watched as their owners really took a bath, if you will, in what happened with these pigs. And what's really interesting is that Mark mentions nothing about, or Jesus seems to be, nothing, mentions nothing about the economic loss. And this would have been catastro- catastrophic for some folks. And the reason is because releasing one soul, one human, was more important than a stock market crash. This is not Mark's way of saying, well, you know, you shouldn't have had pigs. No, they're, in, they're Gentiles. They're in Gentile territory. That doesn't pertain to them. It's about an individual being released from this awful chaos that is happening within an individual. It's evil. The demons wanted to stay in the country. I don't know if you saw that. verse 10 and we talked about that in class a little bit and we said look this is their place, it's an unclean place they felt very good here but what we also find is that the kingdom of God is not going to be restricted to Israel the kingdom of God is going to break in everywhere it's going to break in into all the nations Ah, let's keep going the herdsmen Alright, these guys who just saw some flying pigs. They fled and they told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had, had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it, described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs and they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region the reaction of the townspeople is a little interesting isn't it they don't give him to the keys to the city they're not going to shower him with gifts they don't even bring out their sick Or other folks who may be demon-possessed. They're not even bringing those people. They just say, we want you to leave. And for us, it just seems, it's like, what, what is this about? Why were they so scared? It's not because of these demonic pigs that have just, you know, jumped off a cliff. You know what it says? If you look at the text, this is what they were afraid of. They came and they saw this man that they had seen cutting himself and shrieking into the night and living among the tombs and could not be restrained and he's sitting there and he's now dressed where he had been running around naked and he's in his right mind and he is at calm and peace. And that scared them to death. You may say, "Well, why would they be scared of that? Because... They had tried to restrain these demons, remember? They had tried to put shackles on these demons, and, and they couldn't do it. it they, there was nothing they could do to restrain it. And then this guy shows up, and with, with a single word, he can cast them out? This, this guy that's still now standing here, he has a power that's greater than, than a legion of demons? the man represents to us discipleship and salvation and we talk about discipleship it's so important we get it it being Mark he just keeps putting it in our face and this is another area that he just puts it in our face discipleship folks is someone who has been restored and now they're sitting at the feet of Jesus And we mentioned this in class, if we say, if we were to ask, you know, why are you a Christian? Why is this something that's important to you? And if you say it's because I want to go to heaven, you totally missed it. A true disciple of Jesus is someone who says, I want to be near Jesus. I just want to be near him. I want to go with him. His calm is comparable to the great calm on the sea, isn't it? Jesus brings peace out of chaos. He not only stills the storm on a sea, but he also stills the storm inside of people. The people respond in fear because they do not recognize the help that Jesus Brought. They chase off the one who can rescue them from inner chaos. Folks, we live in a very dark world. It's filled with anxiety, it's filled with depression. There are many people who are out here and they're overwhelmed with stress and overcommitment, family issues addictions and just the list goes on Jesus has the power to quiet your soul He has the power to quiet whatever whatever things that you're carrying around with you Unfortunately we like to be in charge that if there's an issue then I'm the one that needs to fix it or we like for things to be on our terms and we realize we're not the one in charge Jesus is the townspeople they couldn't restrain evil in their midst even with iron shackles and and chains and neither can we contain those things that wreak havoc in our lives and we need to stop trying to put our own man-made shackles onto the real problems that we're having in our lives no matter how hard we try no matter how much money we have no matter how much influence that we may possess the struggles of living in a in a fallen world it invades all of our lives at some point in our lives only one can bring calm in the storm and that's Jesus. And that Jesus has sent His Holy Spirit, after His resurrection and ascension, He sends the Spirit back to come and to join those who come in faith, in trust in Jesus, to join up in our souls. And even in those times that we feel overwhelmed, and being a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to have inner storms. We are, but it means that if we just trust God, that the Spirit of God will even take these turmoil, these, these groanings that we have inside of us, things that we don't even know how to pray for. And Romans 8 says that the Spirit takes it before the throne of the Father. and we're going to find comfort and we're going to find peace but our world continues to ask Jesus to leave we're experiencing higher rates of mental illness and self-harm and discontentment and gender and sexuality confusion than any time that I can think of in my lifetime doesn't mean that it hasn't existed. It doesn't mean that it may have been really bad in other places at different. I'm just telling you in my lifetime and I feel like whoever the oldest person is in this room, I feel like they will probably tell you the same thing in their lifetime this is the worst they've ever seen it. There's a battle that's going on inside of people. But rather than dealing with the battle, what they're being told is accept it as normal. the townspeople were more comfortable with the evil forces that took hold of a human captive and destroyed animals than they were the one who could drive them out and the same things happening in our culture today we want to send Jesus away we would rather believe our personal chaos is under control rather than to sit at the feet of Jesus and just let go and allow him to take over. Making people feel better about their situation does not calm the storm that rages inside of them. The world thinks that they're helping, but they fail to realize that humanity cannot drive out evil. Only God can drive out evil. but jesus is not going to hang around where he's not wanted in fact we pick up the reading in verse 18 and it says as they were getting into the boat the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him oh that's great isn't it and he did not permit him but he said to him go home to your friends and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and he went away and he began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled one man wants to be in the presence of Jesus and to stay with him and he's the one that is turned down and you read that and it's like what is up with that I mean everybody in here that had a request that was granted by Jesus The demons wanted to to go into the pigs, and then they're allowed to go into the pigs. The, the, The townspeople want Jesus to leave. Jesus is going to leave. And the one person who wants to stay with Jesus, to stay in his presence, Jesus says no. But what Jesus does tell him is, I want you to go to your friends and your family, and I want you to tell them what the Lord has done. we got a new song coming up in, in August. We we're already practicing it in class. And, and it's simple, and it's, it's an older song, but it, it, man, it's easy to dismiss. But let me tell you something. It's exactly what's said here. said I wasn't going to tell about it, but I couldn't keep it to myself. I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord has done for me. And there's this excitement. You ought to been there when he saved my soul. You ought to been there when he put my name on the roll. The first to be sent out. Get the, get this. The first to be sent out to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the book of Mark, it is not the apostles. It is not even a Jew it's a gentile Jesus is banished from the area but they can't get rid of him in our culture they can try to banish Jesus all they want but they can't get rid of us they can't get rid of Jesus as long as Jesus is in our lives and we continue to tell people what God has done for us he is present in the message of the good news that is being proclaimed by this man and, and by us and sharing, this this great news. God is being removed in every aspect of our country. I remember a time, and I know I'm old. But I remember a time when when Bible was taught, in public schools. How many remember a time? Okay, you either have white hair or you have no hair, uh, or you went to a Christian school. Um, but I remember that. Now, coaches, they can't even have a prayer with their players anymore. You can't get over a loudspeaker at a stadium and offer up a prayer, even that you hope that these boys, no one gets hurt. We can't do that anymore. The phrase, one nation under God, is gradually, you're already seeing it in some places, it's a gradually just being eliminated from our pledge. Christians are no longer allowed to refuse things that go against their religious beliefs while other religions, they're being protected. And we can look at that and be frustrated and angry and we can talk about it all day long. But that's our world. Jesus could have gotten discouraged. But he brings calm to the man. And rather than getting discouraged, he sends his people to share God's mercy. It's discipleship. It's sitting at the feet of Jesus and sharing what God has done for me. Only the Messiah can quiet the souls of humanity. You may have come in this morning and and you're in all kinds of turmoil. And it's very possible no one but you knows it because there's something that's just deep, deep down inside of you that you just you've been afraid to even talk about it. You've buried it. Some of you you're you're praying with people. And, and, and we all have our times and we all have these things of turmoil in our life and stress is killing you and, and, and you know what, here's the thing I mean, you, you feel like maybe that you don't deserve to have calm and peace that you don't deserve God because what you're going through in your life you brought it on yourself but I'm here to tell you Jesus, he wants to bring calm in your life he doesn't care how you got there he just wants you to come to him and find peace and rest. You know, I really believe, I really believe that those who, who have the Spirit of God within them, I believe we have the ability to see people's hurts where other people may not see them. The Problem is, we just don't hone into that enough. And we're distracted. We talk about this often. We get distracted, but when we really are focused, if we, if we came in every week and we were laser focused on God before we got here, I, I really believe that the Spirit of God helps us. I, I'm not going to mention the person's name because I, I think they would be embarrassed if I did. But I've, there's a person that just it wasn't that long ago and they, they texted me and said, for whatever reason, you've been on my heart and I just feel like I need to pray for you. I said, you have no idea. There's people in this room that they need Prayer. We offer an invitation. It's a traditional thing we do, but let me tell you, when you're going through some kind of thing in your life, and it may be something of a very personal nature, you don't feel like walking in front of a bunch of people, and especially if you're here for the very first time, we don't require you to do that either. Last week, I said, listen, anybody wants to pray, I'll be up here, and I had someone come up, and we prayed. And that, offers, it's, that offer stands every week, whether it's after worship or before worship or whatever it may be. But here's the thing, you encounter people in this auditorium, and, and even in your lives. And sometimes you just need to say, it just seems like there's something on your mind. And I just really believe that God may be wanting me to ask you if you need prayer. What would that do for you if someone came up to you afterwards and said, you know what? I just There's something I'm sensing here. Do, do you have anything we can pray about? Those of us who have been recipients of God's mercy we're called to share what the Lord has done for us. And that means to be a disciple. Not to be someone who's just a spectator in a crowd. Being a disciple is sharing Jesus and is sharing with each other. So I want to I want to have a all-encompassing prayer for some folks that may be going through some things right now. And then after worship, I want you to be very mindful. In fact, I want you to pray about if there's somebody God wants you to go up to, maybe to hug them, maybe it is to ask them if they need prayer, maybe you sense something that they need. Listen, let's, let's, let's do that this morning. Pray with me. Father, we come before you this day. And we become as your humble servants. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his life and his sacrifice. Father, we're so thankful for the love that he has given to us. That he's willing to die so that we could be free. Father, we thank you for releasing us in those, the time of darkness and evil in our lives. And, and yet, Father, we still live in this world and it's still difficult. And you said there would be difficult and we, we know it. And so, Father, we rely upon you. We trust. We trust you. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit that is within us, your people. Father, help us take us to where we need to go and to the people we need to see. And Father, may we share with them. And Father, we pray that if there's people in this auditorium right now and they've got some kind of inner turmoil in their life, Father, we know that you're there and may they feel your presence Father, lead us to those who need you. Lead us to those who need a friend this morning. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.